0: This episode of POMCAST is sponsored by Blacker Yarns. Blacker specialise in breed-specific yarns spun in Cornwall using 100% British fibre. You can find out more about Blacker at blackeryarns.co.uk And welcome to POMCAST, the podcast brought to you by Pom Pom Quarterly. I'm Lydia Gluck and I am here, as I always am, with the wonderful Sophie Scott. Hi Sophie. Hello. And welcome to this, the um, December and therefore festive edition. We're
1: putting an extra festive sparkle in this episode. You can measure it at the end and tell how different it is and how extra festive it is.
0: Extra festive. um, Since we're both celebrators of the Christmas variety of festivities, (laughs) we might be mentioning that.
1: But I can say we're just
0: celebrating this winter time in all its pagan glory.
1: Yes, um, I'm celebrating Nitmus as well.
0: Yeah, that's my main festival,
1: actually. <laughs> Many of you may also uh, celebrate it in your own way.
0: Yeah, I think we can all come together to celebrate Nitmus. And that's what we shall do today in the form of this podcast. So what have we got today, Sophie?
1: Um, well, we've got our usual tell and tell. Uh, we've got news and reviews. We've um, got a fantastic top secret interviewee.
0: You're gonna love it, guys. Yep.
1: Uh, Extra festive as well. We um, made sure to uh, up the festive stakes for that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Festivometer was going into overdrive. Off the charts. Um, And
0: then, of course, we will have our colour of the cast. Mm -hmm.
1: Can we reveal the colour of the cast
0: now? Sure. It's a festive gold. Gold. What is more festive than gold? True. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. And actually, you could have a best, better festive time when you have lots of gold. True. Well, there <laughs> we go. <laughs> so it ties in beautifully. And, you know, tinsel and many Christmas decorations are gold. Mm-hmm. And chocolate coins. And fairy lights, are sometimes yellowy gold. Mmm. Chocolate coins are so great. Anyway, and then we'll have top three. Top three. uh
1: christmasy Nitmus, top three.
0: Yes, which will also be top
1: secret. And we might play you out with a song if you're lucky, you guys.
0: Because we know there's nothing better than a a festive song to
1: get Uh, you ready for this festive season. Rouse the spirits and the rafters. (laughs) It's all good. Okay. So, tell and tell, where we tell you guys and each other what we're up to and knitting at the moment. So, Lydia, what are you knitting? Um,
0: Do tell. I I just finished a pair of the Curio Mitts. Nice, yeah. From the most recent edition of Mm pom-pom and they were super fun to make because they have bubbles and what is more festive than a bobble a bauble which which, i can
1: see where you're going with that okay (laughs)
0: um so that's been one of my main recent knits how Mm -hmm. about
1: you um well people who listen to this podcast regularly will know i started pretty much pomcast cast one, the firewood shawl, and I was like, I'll find the other colours, so I'm going to knit with this shawl, and that spent, I spent all summer, like, trying different colours, and mm-hmm. started off with this really amazing, like, cadmium, rich saffron yellow, um, that maybe is a word of warning for people doing three colour projects, decide on them before you start knitting, <laughs> otherwise you'll have a half-finished project for a while, but no, there's no harm in that, um, so I've matched the really, like, Lovely warm yellow with this duck egg, duck egg blue, mm-hmm. and then finishing up with the grey just to kind of oh, tone nice. it down a little bit.
0: Which yarn are you using for the grey? Uh,
1: the grey is Quince and Co. Lark, and the blue is similar Grosso. So it's just like all these Zaren yarns just having a fun party together in the shawl. Awesome. It's a nice way to like try different yarns together. I think they're kind of nice. And the Malabrigo worstes, which I started the main one off, is like the softest, so it's right around my neck. So it's almost as if I planned it actually. <laughs> <laughs> excellent and also just for a little mini winter project i've started um some little wrist warmers and they're called the cutest little name which is toast and jam and they're by emily foden of viola fame Mm -hmm. um and she designed them um with the john arbon viola so there's a big link in there there's a general viola theme Mm -hmm. um they're lovely like Merino dk um and toasty Toasty warm. Pun intended, as she says in the description. And <laughs> um, they've got really nice twisted rib. They're quite long, which I think is what you need in a hand warmer, because uh, keep your wrists and your general length of arm warm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they've got like a cute little garter stitch palm. So I think look those up if you need to keep uh, mm. toasty mm. and toast themed.
0: <laughs> as always. Yep. Um, and sort of in addition to the curio mitts, I'm mainly doing sort of project plans because... Contrary to the statement I often make which is that I don't knit Christmas presents because I am the Grinch. (laughs) Um, My heart was melted by a group of tiny people holding hands on Christmas day.
1: Did it grow three sizes?
0: It did. My heart did and um, I have decided to make my brother a hat because the other day he put a hat on. It looked nice i've never really seen a bit of hat before and that
1: your and the music rose and your heart swelled <laughs> and you thought the beauty of my own brother wearing a hat
0: <laughs> but it's something... not a hat that i made so bad <laughs> so i need to fix that
1: nearly that was nearly dissolved your grinchiness and then you kind of came <laughs> back with like i will make all the hats
0: <laughs> people may only wear hats if i have made them setting myself quite a big task there yeah wow so uh, watch the space, guys, because I'm sure I'll be discussing said hat in future editions of this podcast.
1: Excellent. Um, so moving on to news. Well, we recently had the pom-pom party.
0: Pom-pom Christmas party.
1: Well, the pom-pom party is the best.
0: And it was lots of fun.
1: Yes. There was lots of lovely music. We had a band called Theobard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what the guy he said to remember. It was like, Theo likes something and Bard likes Shakespeare.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what the Theo bit was, though. I think he obviously needs a more um, well-known Theo reference. Yes,
1: but it was good because I remember the Bard bit and then that made me think of Theo. So, okay, he's got a... There's a marketing plan there somewhere.
0: I think so. And and both he and um, the nice young man who was playing bass for him both wore uh, very fetching knitted
1: items. Was this planned? It was. Okay, good, because they, you know... They had to get somehow get an entry into a knitting <laughs> yeah. party. Yeah, and to get the good jumpers out. <laughs> so they were
0: delightful, and we also had um, our mini pop up market, mm-hmm. which featured all sorts of exciting people. We had Pearl Alpaca, we had uh, Lioness Arts, we had Kettle Yarn Co, we had Yellow Bear Wares, and we had plant dyed wool, or probably yarn more specifically from Elizabeth Beverley. All of which were wonderful and. Yeah, it was great. There were delicious cocktails.
1: Yes. I actually got a hot toddy because I came in and I was like, oh, can I just get a cup of tea? And the woman was like, oh, no, do you want a hot toddy? And I was like, yes, that's the best of every world. Win! Yeah, that was was quite good. Uh, Yeah, it was just a lovely festive environment. Everyone was sort of sat around knitting. There was cheese boards, which was lovely.
0: And we had wonderful raffle prizes. We had door prizes donated by all sorts of fantastic people, from Milamia, we had tickets for Unravel, tickets for Edinburgh Yarn Festival. Um, just all manner of super good prizes. I was sad I couldn't win any of them, but it yeah, would have I been kept, a conflict of interest.
1: I kept, with the table I was sat at, we kept pra- practising our, like... Uh, you know, congratulatory faces. Every time someone would win, we'd kind of look at each other and be like, oh, of course. And then we'd do that little kind of Oscar <laughs> clap of like, oh, well done, well done, they deserved it. So that's how we passed the time while we didn't win anything. Oh, oh. it's a shame. But really, if I think if I had won anything, I'd have to be like, oh no, I'll draw it again. Because people would be like, it's fixed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Although my mum did win a prize.
1: Oh, well, it was fixed, it was then, fixed guys, yeah. come on. No, <laughs> oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't fixed, please. Was
0: so we had a, a fabulous time, and we really hope everyone else there did. Um, it seemed like everyone was having a good time.
1: Yeah, it was a lovely atmosphere. Lots of fairy lights, which I think always makes a Twinkly. party or anything.
0: Giant wreaths,
1: yes,
2: Christmas and wreaths. <laughs>
1: I hope people noticed, but the actual signs to the pom pom party had actual pom poms on the hat. Yes. Which, yeah, okay, was the winner for me. You know. set, the whole t- set the whole t- tone of the party, attention to detail, exactly. And there were little
0: um, fake um, topiaries, topiaries? Topiaries. <laughs> there were little fake topiaries outside the front doors, and we put um, sort of strings of baubles and pom-poms around those, which I thought was a nice touch.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go, decoration ideas for everyone. Exactly. And,
0: yeah, so thanks again to everyone who came down, and we will, of course, keep you up to date with any other pom-pom-related events
1: fantastic other dates for your diaries in the new year in february we've got unravel the lovely festival in uh, farnham just outside london
0: yeah so that's one to watch we'll definitely will be there and also this year for the first time we're going to be at the edinburgh yarn festival in march fantastic um which i'm particularly excited about i've never been to edinburgh i've been to glasgow many 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 times never quite made it the one hour To Edinburgh. (laughs) There we go. New resolutions. Something for everyone. Um, Yeah. And we'll obviously keep you up to date with other events that will be coming up throughout the year.
1: Very exciting. Indeed. Uh, So, reviews.
0: Reviews. So what's on the cards for today?
1: Well, we have a little mention of the lovely new book by Carrie Bostick-Hodge, her anthology one which is a collection of her patterns, uh, an anthology, if you will, as the title would suggest, <laughs> um, from her sort of designs that she's done with Quince and Co. So the, um, the it's a collection of variations upon a theme. So there's her stitch patterns, which sort of feature on uh, shawls and cardigans and mm-hmm. jumpers. Uh, there's Camilla, Sibella, Imogen and Beatrice. So these are her sort of set stitch patterns that mm-hmm. she's kind of got. Um, they're really beautiful. It's a really kind of quite feminine and delicate um, design collection, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, I think um, the one I'm looking at right now, the Beatrice ones, that one, though, is quite kind of um, geometric, I would say, but in a sort of lovely wave-like way. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I yeah. Mean, there's rhythm to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's the kind of... Uh, she does a lot of work with Quince. They kind of have quite that kind of classic contemporary feel. They're yeah. quite kind of... Uh... I say airy the photographs, but not in a kind of drifty way.
0: But as in, there's a feeling of light and air.
1: Exactly, yes. yeah. And I do, I do like her designs because they're quite contemporary in that way. But like I said, they've got that kind of feminine with the you know a lot of lacy patterns. Yeah. But it's not too overly romantic, fussy lace. You kind of get quite a kind of clean look to her designs. Yeah,
0: and then with the um, Quince and Co yarn, it's kind of they're a good match, aren't they? Because oh, yeah. again, yeah. lovely kind of modern colours. The yarn is very easy to work with. Mm, yeah. It um, has great stitch definition, but it's very kind of soft. Um, so it does the things that you want wool to do without doing scratchy things, I would say.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, crits and co-, co-, co yarns are definitely, yeah, st- stitch definition is one of the things I return to them for because it, it does deliver on that beautifully. Yeah. And it's great for showing up these patterns exactly, in this design. where the are, focus
0: yeah. is in many ways on the stitch patterns. Indeed. And, um, the other thing I wanted to mention was that quince and co keep coming out with awesome new colors (laughs) hey yeah (laughs) anyway that's a little segue or sort of uh side thing i think one of my favorites is the camilla shawl
1: ah why would that be
0: i think it's because i'm a sucker for that kind of scalloped edge Mm -hmm. on
1: things Mm -hmm.
0: and um there've been quite a few shawls with scalloped edges and i pretty much like all of them (laughs) i've made the charm shawl by juju Vale, and what's the isolda teague one um, Marin. Marin. That one's beautiful. I haven't made it but you know. Interesting
1: little like cross cables and then yeah. Exactly. From each of those little cables comes a big scallop which is really yeah. pretty.
0: Yeah and I think the Camilla shawl has well yeah it has a similarly kind of scalloped edge although obviously very different kind of construction and I uh, yeah that's that's mainly why I like that one.
1: Yeah I think my favourite would have to be the Sabella pull- pullover which has nice. a very delicate yoked uh open design but then just like a really good classic cardi shape. Yeah,
0: and that one actually has been on my um, to-make list for a long, long time. Lovely. Um And one day when I have all the time in the world, I will make <laughs> it. And I also really, really like the stitch pattern that she's used, in all, the Beatrice stitch pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one that I was referring to that's quite kind of geometric and right. to me is kind of reminiscent of waves, but it's also got that kind of nice openness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bits that aren't open are very kind of chunky. Yeah, It's got a nice kind of contrast in that way. And I really like the um, Beatrice cowl and the garter stitch bits between the kind of interesting stitch. uh, You know, you probably know by now, I quite like garter stitch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's good. I feel like the overall feel of the book is quite spring-like. So yes, although it's got lovely cardigans and jumpers, which will keep you warm. Just the the whole kind of feel of it is quite, um, yeah springy springy and in a way
0: should probably start making spring things now yeah. by the time i'll be done with them it might be spring
1: so there you go have a look at that if you uh if you like all those things we've uh, hinted about sort of spring gorgeous st- stitch patterns excellent yarns you'll probably love this book
0: <laughs> yeah and you know carrie bostick bostick hodge is one of the great ravelry designers i would Indeed. say um and so you know working with her patterns is a dream
1: so we gave cerulea's book two thumbs up so this is uh maybe a gold star and an excellent a smiley face yeah and a smiley face mm-hmm. there we go <laughs> this is our new ranking system in books so yeah that was carrie's bostick hodge uh, anthology one so check it out check it out so on to our yarn review with our lovely sponsor blacker yarns uh which yarn of theirs are we reviewing today the blacker swan uh luxury dk it's a falkland merino mm-hmm. and what's this yarn like to knit
0: with then um it's very soft it's uh, on the thick side for DK. They do do it in other weights but I've just worked with the DK
1: mm.
0: um, and yeah it sort of got lovely stitch definition and I enjoyed it very much. Very
1: good. Uh, so I know Blacker as we've said before they produce very breed specific yarns. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's special about this one?
0: Um, this one well it's from the Falkland Islands from a very uh, small farm and there are horses related to the farm. They herd the sheep with on horseback Aww. which is adorable um yeah and they're very specific about which fleeces they send on to blacker to mm-hmm. be processed and the merino is of very high quality and is cruelty free which is very important oh, it's good
1: mm-hmm. lovely and they have horses to be friends with so that's nice well exactly sheep who are friends with horses they're, they're always fine. gonna be happy yeah mm-hmm.
0: cool uh, and so what's the color range like it's well it's brilliant it's one of the best it's sort of my favorite color range at the moment um, I'm lucky enough to have a shade card of theirs. Oh, and they have all my favourite colours. They have a very nice sort of minty green. They have mm. a lovely kind of mustard yellow, a nice range of purples, which is my new favourite. And um, it's the yarn that was used in for the sorrel hat from the most recent issue of Pompon magazine.
1: Fantastic. So check it
0: out. And so after that review, we are going to move on to our interview with our top secret guest, who is...
1: Megan Fernandez
0: Megan Fernandez who is the uh, co-creator and co-editor of Pom Pom so finally you will hear her voice in all its glory
1: all the way from Austin, Texas It is a Skype interview so our apologies for some crackle and pop pop (laughs) It's extra fun festivity, that
2: (laughs) We're joined
1: by Megan Fernandez, uh, co-editor of and creator of Pom-pom Quarterly and also a wonderful designer, teacher, knitter and friend. Hello Megan. Hello hello Hi <laughs> how's, the, how's the weather in Texas today?
3: Well, uh, the weather is not what it usually is in Texas today. It is kind of overcast uh, and it's a little bit chilly but um, it, you know it's uh, it's not really cold. To say that. definitely not compared to London (laughs) yeah it is quite chilly here today and and how's how's the sun factor because I I feel like there's been a lot of sunshine in London I've been noticing recently
1: yeah it's pretty crisp today yeah no it's it's a very it's been a very pleasant day I would say it's a very nice weekend fresh so Megan of course uh you were living in the UK for about 10 years and now you've relocated um Uh I was going to ask you about sort of the different trends in knitwear, because obviously you've studied them within the UK. Can you say there's like a difference in knitwear or like styles of knitting or are we indeed just really all the same with our knitting?
3: (laughs) Uh, Well, um, there's less of a need for like chunky knitwear here for sure. So, you might not need, like, I have a really big, uh, like mohair wool blend sweater, which actually I, there was a, there was a few days, a couple of weeks ago that I had to drag it out. But, um, basically I didn't really need to wear a coat if I had the big sweater on. So there's a need for, for sweaters and things, but maybe not in combination with the coat and maybe not like a huge scarf or anything. Um, but that doesn't mean that people don't like to knit those things here. <laughs> so. So I think knitters sort of do, like, the the sort of wishful knitting kind of stuff. But, but yeah, probably slightly um, finer yarns here in Texas, at least. Um, But where I'm from in Washington, D.C., there's definitely, you know, the same kind of stuff going on with thicker stuff and colour work and all that good stuff.
0: Cool. And, um, oh, yeah, so um, we already know the background to your... um, Sort of knit development. journey, yeah, knit journey from uh, knitter <laughs> to designer and magazine creator slash editor. But when did you learn to knit, and how?
3: Oh, I um, I learned to knit from my boyfriend's mother um, when I was about sixteen, and she uh, was and is very, very super cool. And for my birthday, she uh, she bought me enough yarn to knit a sweater because she knew that I wanted to do this she didn't just like force it on me um she knew that I wanted to learn how to knit um and then she like I used to hang around their house all the time so she was just like kind of always there showing me what to do and then helping me out when I needed it and it was kind of the nicest way I can imagine having learned to knit
1: do you still have a jumper
3: (laughs) um well (laughs) <laughs> i i have remnants of it i i eventually uh used the yarn to like make different things mm-hmm. for some reason i didn't i don't think i finished like the last sleeve on the sweater and then i went to college and brought it with me and then i must have just like sort of divided it up into other projects but i definitely have stuff that's made from that same yarn
1: that's a nice memory and it's kind of evolved into new your new developments of knitting now
3: (laughs) yeah yeah I mean I have that she gave me a really nice um I think it was actually hers but uh a knitting bag so it's kind of vintage and I still have that it's like a big kind of quilted thing um that I really love and yeah we've been in touch recently because I sent her a bunch of magazines to tell her what I was up to and that was all you know down to her and um, it was really nice to hear back from her about that. That's
1: nice. But you're not in touch yeah. with the the boyfriend anymore. Uh, well,
3: you know, if there's Facebook and all that kind of stuff. But um, <laughs> 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 but he lives uh, in a faraway place. So, you know, there's no, no chance for us to see each other. Mm. <laughs> uh,
1: how did you get into designing? And can you remember the first thing you designed?
3: Oh, yeah. Um, I was kind of in between things. Like I'd finished my masters and I had kind of um moved on from a job and so I was in between things and then like Ravelry happened and so I was like on the internet all the time and like knitting all the time because I didn't have much else going on while I was <laughs> <playing>. <laughs> and uh and yeah I, I think I just started playing around with with stuff and I think it was either like like an one of those like headband ear warmer things or an oyster card cover that I designed um both necessary which, in London yeah essentials yeah <laughs> yeah London essentials um and I had like a blog at the time and so yeah I was just kind of like playing around but um yeah I enjoyed it a lot
1: wonderful and you're now actually uh due to start teaching you're teaching some classes in the new year can you tell us a little bit more about them
3: yeah uh well actually well, Lydia's coming to visit mm-hmm. in like, a couple of days and next weekend we're teaching um at Hill Country Weavers, which is a great shop here in Austin, and then next year I'm going to be teaching at a retreat uh, that Hill Country Weavers is putting on, um, and it's like out in the wilderness. Well, not really the wilderness. It's like you know, in the countryside or what you call the There's hill trees, country. You know, <laughs> <laughs> there are trees and a lake. Yeah, you call it the hill country here, and. Um, yeah, I'm going to be teaching like a, like fancy raglans class and blocking and then like a fun like pom poms and tassels and embellishments kind of class and I'm super, super excited because who who is your guest on the last podcast
1: mm-hmm. and-, Good. <laughs> <Yeah. Yes.
3: laughs> and, uh, and like my hero, Nora Gone, are the other teachers, so I'm like yeah really excited and really nervous at the same time about that one wow I think wow. I'd get superstar struck meeting Nora yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. And I
1: just both kind of did a little
0: <gasps>
3: to each other like <laughs> secretly but, you know there's been like emails about the retreat and stuff and then like Nora gone will do a reply all and I'm like oh <gasps> like hand to my forehead like scarlet from uh you know gone with the wind yeah <laughs> um, yeah just swooning
1: <laughs> oh wonderful <laughs> that sounds fun well you'll be excellent i'm sure you have. A- It'll be sounds really fun the hill country sounds so romantic yeah. yeah well very gone with the wind you know <laughs> <laughs> yes it's
3: very pretty it's very pretty yeah texas is in all sort of um desert and uh tumbleweeds as you might expect there's like actually a lot of um you know like trees and hills and that kind of thing as well so that's nice
0: Good. Yeah. I can't believe the
3: movies have lied to me. <laughs> yeah. I feel so actually, wronged. Texas is, Texas is like five times the size of Britain or something like that. So there's a lot of money actually. So it's good.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of scope for different landscapes within a, a piece of land that size, I guess. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so with your uh, sort of approach to designing knitwear, do you feel that's kind of changed now moving from kind of like a city life to uh, somewhere much larger and five times as larger as you just said? um or do you yeah. prefer- i'm you not get sure your- huh? facts but yeah <laughs> sure. well we'll say it is for now you're the authority on these things now um or do you get your inspiration from sort of uh different kind of cultural sources
3: um well there's a nice sort of like tex-mex vibe here um which you know like there's there's a lovely sort of like Folk arts or crafts kind of thing that you know comes from Mexico and that kind of thing not so much knitting necessarily but the colors and patterns and things like that are interesting um so that's pretty inspiring but I think I'm definitely going to be uh, much more into plant fibers mm-hmm. um uh well I already am much more into plant fibers now just because I've I've spent a summer here now and, um, even, well, actually with the air conditioning on, you can pretty much get get a knitting with anything you want. But, um, but I think in terms of like stuff that you can wear, um, practically, um, linen and cotton and things like that, which a lot of times I know knitters are kind of like really put off by because they don't have the same like kind of elasticity and things like that as, um, as animal fibers, but, um, there's some really beautiful things um, that come from plants these days. Uh, artisan linen, which is beautiful and hand-dyed, and then the the happy cotton that we used last summer in Pom Pom, which is, uh, you know, it's like almost like silk, and silk's another one that would be really great to work with as well. But um, here in Texas, actually, there's a, a big mohair thing um, that happens, and you might know that, like, Quince & Co., their Piper uses Texas mohair and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's been fun getting to know different stuff that I can wear here and different stuff that's local to here. So, yeah, it's been really interesting.
0: Mm. Cool. And um, mm. do you have uh, any other tips for hot place knits? Any particular patterns or?
3: Or any Ooh, knits, um, you know.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I wore my water lily a lot here. I made one in um, some linen, which was beautiful linen. It's called, like, Dunlin... DK, it's a Danish something or other, but I I wore that a lot this summer. Um, so any, anything that's like not too fitted, I think, first of all, and then um, lacy stuff is good, and you know stuff that's kind of yeah, loosey stuff, which is the kind of thing that I like to wear anyway. So it works out for me. Perfect.
1: <laughs> and handily, you design water lily, so of course it's uh, the perfect pattern that you yes, want to wear, out so it. it? So. <laughs>
3: um but yeah I'm trying to think of uh what else did I wear this summer I, I wasn't really prepared for this summer because after 10 years of living in the UK I didn't really have that many like proper Texas summer clothes so it was sort of like my wardrobe is still a work in progress here but um I think by next summer I'll be I'll be prepared <laughs> fantastic
0: do you find you're less interested in the color gray now that you're not
3: surrounded by it all the time <laughs> <laughs> I can't I was super interested in the color gray I with I mean I like gray um but I've I've always liked like really bright colors anyway and also I'm I'm not sure that I that I suit gray or that gray suits me or that we suit each other um that well so um but I've been into black more for some reason and I don't know if that's because I'm growing up but uh (laughs) I actually had
0: a conversation about this with my sister because neither of us used to ever wear black. And quite yeah. frequently, we both end up wearing all black at the moment. And I was like, is yeah. this because I've become lazier with my clothes or am I a grown up now? I don't
3: know. No, it's, it's black is like sophisticated, you know, I like it. So uh, and, you know, I've I've reached a milestone in my life recently <laughs> in terms of my age. And I don't know, uh, for some reason, black is appealing these days or like a kind of midnight blue I'm feeling yeah. as well.
1: You know, yeah. mourning for the loss of the UK oh. that you've moved away from. Oh, well, a little
3: bit. Um, a little maybe. bit. <laughs> Actually, probably black would be a lot more appropriate in the UK. You know, just in terms of, or in London at least. You know, in terms of that sort of like big city kind of vibe. But yeah. um, not showing up dirt, that
1: kind of thing. You know. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> Sitting on the tube. Hey, I'm quite clean still. <laughs>
3: There's a little yeah visitors to London tip. Actually, when I when I first moved to London, um, the university that I uh, came over with like gave us like all kinds of like sort of cultural information and tips for like being a student in London and stuff like that. And um, I remember that in in the sort of like guide notes or whatever, it did say that like that like <laughs> having darker clothes would make it so that you had to do your laundry less, and, <laughs> and also that people in Europe didn't. Um, didn't have as much variety in their clothing as Americans do, oh,
2: really?
3: which I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's actually true or not. But like, I don't know. It said something about like you know, like in America you wouldn't want to like show up in the same outfit um, too close together or something like that. But in Europe, it's totally fine. I don't know where they got this information from. <laughs>
1: No, the thing is, but, I um, thought something different, like an American uh, person, you know, an, an American person, an American who I went to university with said that, like, the stuff people, British people wore was, like, so eccentric, you'd never get away with wearing that in America, so...
0: But Do you will we'll wear I the think- same outfit five days in a row. Wow, well, so. yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I think that's true, Sophie, I think that's true, because um, I'm actually, having not lived here for 10 years, I... I'm having like that reverse thing where uh when I first came to the UK there was all, always like something that like I would always know where to buy it in America you know like you know oh I could get that at Target but I have no idea where to get it in the UK and now I'm having that in the opposite direction and I don't know where to get my clothes so Americans if you're listening you can let me know where to go shopping uh <laughs> because I've just been ordering things from the UK oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: but uh have you been ordering things from ASOS Yes, I have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Excellent.
1: <laughs> okay, so we have one of our classic questions from the podcast. Josh, I'm actually really intrigued to know the answer to. Um, I know. So what's your I know spirit? What the... huh? <laughs> I know what the question's going to be. <laughs> Excellent. Well, you, you will be planned and ready for this question then. So
3: what's your spirit animal? Actually, I, I have no... I, I, I've thought about this every time I hear you guys talk about it. And I um, I have no idea. I have thought about it. Oh. but. Um, I really have no idea. Um, no, but maybe you guys can suggest one for me so that I can...
0: Well, uh, maybe you could be a cat because you, you, you commune with your cats.
3: I do. And you know what? Now now that uh, it, the American outpost of Pom Pom is now based in my home, <laughs> um, I spend a lot of time with my cats. And, uh, you know, they're often uh, the only people I talk to face-to-face during a work day, so... <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I can go with that. Yep. What do you
0: reckon, Sophie?
1: Does yeah, I'd say, well, you know, Megan has a, a sleek, shiny coat, like a cat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very, okay. uh, you know, very friendly. Great balance. Great balance, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: So, our next question is If you're stuck on a desert island and you can only have one yarn to knit with, what would the yarn be?
3: Yeah, um, it would definitely have to be the Uncommon Thread and uh, probably the BFL DK uh, because seas colors are just like so amazing and they glow and. Um, I have to choose which one's my favorite every time I see a batch of it you know like it changes all the time which color is my favorite Mm -hmm. um I think I could pretty much just knit with that forever
0: fair enough and that particular yarn would be probably quite suitable for all sorts of climates so it would yeah (laughs) whichever desert island you end up on never really sure what kind of (laughs) desert island it is but um I'm sort of hoping that it's one where I only need
3: to wear sweaters at night
0: yes that's fair enough Mm-hmm. <laughs> what kind of
1: desert island would it be otherwise it'd be really rubbish <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so um, one of the features of our podcast we're talking about festive knits uh, do you have any favourite <laughs> like festive patterns or anything you've knit uh, for the Christmas period
3: well no I have done well actually no that's not true I was going to say I haven't done any Christmas knitting yet but I, I, which is actually true because I've done some Christmas crocheting mm-hmm. um, also I mean. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> I made the uh, falling snow mitts for my friend Mary, um, which I'm going to put in the post to London tomorrow. Um, or, in fact, I could send them with Lydia back to London when she when she get, goes back. I am but, the messenger. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I might just put them in the post tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I made some falling snow mitts from the current issue of Pom Pom by Judith Brand. Mm-hmm. And they are very, very pretty. Um, yeah, I, I mixed a, because they, they take a DK, but I mixed a Madeline Tosh sock uh, with a kind of fuzzy lace weight. So they kind of have that, like, nice, um, what do you call it, sheen, but also a little bit of a halo. Lovely. And so they're kind of, yeah. Um, I'm going to be sad to send them away, but Mary is a very deserving recipient of them. Mm. Um so that's the only thing I've made so far because I've been doing a lot of pom-pom related knitting in, uh, in preparation for our photo shoot, which is next week. Or yeah, next week. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> but, um, I do have plans and I can say all these things because I'm pretty sure that the friends that I'm making these things for, um, are not into knitting enough to, to be listening to the podcast. <laughs> but, um, a top secret. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, for my best friend, I'm planning on making uh, some overbury mitts from the very first issue of Pom Pom by uh, one week <laughs> luck. Yeah. Because uh, when it first came out, she was like, oh, my God, these are the mittens I've been looking for my whole life. And now it's been like two and a half years or something like that. So I should probably make them for. Um, and hopefully she still um, has that gap to be filled in her life that I can fill with mittens. Fantastic. Um, but... Yeah, I haven't. I haven't done a lot of Christmas knitting in my life overall, which is, sounds terrible of me. Definitely not um, be a gift-giving knitter then. I guess not. I guess I know that I am going to usually be the most uh, um, appreciative recipient of my own knitting. That's probably <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah. if, if, that, if that doesn't sound. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I do like knitting for like uh, friends or family that have small children which is usually a hit, um, so that doesn't always happen at Christmas, but um, my my nieces are in Australia, and so, of course, Christmas falls during their summer, so knitting for them just for Christmas, like, doesn't make any sense, really, so, um, but, you know, I have a lot of baby-producing friends now, so uh, hopefully get a few of those in, <laughs> in the near future.
1: Oh, lovely. love it. So we're nearly at the end of the interview and indeed nearly at the end of the year. Do you have any exciting knitting-based plans for 2015 or any plans otherwise?
3: Oh, well, um, now that I'm over here in the uh, Western Hemisphere, I'm hoping to explore sort of knitting traditions over here a little bit more. Um, So I'd love to, like, you know, having just moved over here, I feel like I'm on holiday or vacation, like all the time because everything's really new. But um, I'd love to, like, get to Peru or something like that and have, like, knitting exploratory kind of uh, adventure. Um, but other than that, yeah, the, uh, the plant-based uh, yarn experiment thing is high up on my list of things. Mm. And, uh, yeah, just enjoying being over here um in in the new world
1: <laughs> oh you've just discovered it it's great <laughs> <laughs> oh, well that sounds lovely well all the best for a very merry christmas
0: yes and um merry christmas
1: <laughs> and i'll be seeing you very soon which is
0: exciting and we hope to have you on yep. the podcast home more home in future usa <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> sounds good to me
1: bye Megan bye thank you bye okay moving on to our one of our newest segments (laughs) which we've now named Ravelry Realness (laughs) there's been no opposition to this name so
0: (laughs) we're sticking with it
1: yep so the Ravelry Realness we're investigating today is Christmas Theme Jumpers how festive of I us. I know. <laughs> we promised it for you guys and we're delivering. Mm-hmm.
0: So Sorry,
1: Sophie, tell me what we've got. So definitely we'd have to mention Susan Crawford's The Perfect Christmas Jumper. As the name suggests, it's pretty damn perfect. And it's quite <laughs> a
0: grandiose claim, but it's, you know.
1: We're happy to, yeah, support that. Exactly, yes. It's basically <laughs> true. It's the perfect Christmas jumper. It's very nice. little a bit of fair it's got reindeers on it, it's red and white, little cute puff sleeves i know i love the little puff sleeves They're yeah lovely. uh susan crawford is of course famous for her vintage uh stylings mm-hmm. um stitch in time her two anthologies and now she does her own wonderful vintage style um walls like Finella mm-hmm. and
0: yes um
1: exolana indeed Ex-etra. it is <laughs> <laughs> in collaboration
0: with john Arbin, i believe
1: Excelante. is <laughs> in no way to do with that <laughs> So beautiful. That's a really nice one. Um, what else would you recommend from Ravelry for a top Christmas jumper?
0: Um, I would say the Kate Davies jumper
1: mm-hmm. Borealis. That's pretty. I think one of the good things about that is it's got a great snowflake design. Mm. It's not too Christmassy as a Christmas jumper that you could wear no. it throughout the colder winter period.
0: It's true. It's true. You could. and um, you know, Because you could do it in slightly less Christmassy colours.
1: Sure. I mean, she's like yellow got, and grey. Yeah, she's got like hers in like a deep jadey, like much like a pine tree green mm. with a white, and it's quite geometric. because it's like it almost splits like halfway across yeah. your chest with quite a bold snowflake design mm-hmm. with a two tone. So yeah, yeah. Quite so modern.
0: Yes, I would say, and and like you say, it's it's a good one because it doesn't scream christmasy jumper. <laughs> But it does feel like you're getting into the spirit. A whisper of Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> a glimpse through an, a snowy window pane.
1: <laughs> a frosted breath.
0: <laughs> Santa's step outside as you wait.
1: Anyway, <laughs> what else we got? Definitely Tin Can Knits, also a snow-themed one, it's snowflake. Again, as the, the whisper of Christmas within that, as its sort of main um, is the kind of plain jumper, mm-hmm. but then along the top is a very pretty snowflake lace.
0: Yes. Um, so yeah, and it's it nice to have a bit of lace there. That's quite avant-garde in the Christmas jumper world, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah.
1: Well, because when it gets to any colder weather, I'm just basically wool from head to toe. So a whisper of lace at the shoulders is, oh, dear.
0: <laughs> I've <had> a chillin'. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you've had too many glasses of port on Christmas Day and feel a bit warm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Perfect environment for it. So, yeah, that's the Ravelry realness. Mm, there's definitely, if you're feeling um, a loose end, Definitely look at all the Intarsia jumpers that are available on Ravelry. Just put a Christmas jumper. And there are thousands and thousands of jumpers that... I mean, I'm not sure if they're
0: whole jumper patterns or if a lot of them are just charts for exciting Christmas items like polar bears, snowmen, reindeers. Well,
1: you know what's on a Christmas jumper, guys, you know. (laughs)
0: But you could make a reindeer Christmas jumper and put a red pom-pom for the nose.
1: Hey, there is the class... I think Fair Isle always makes me feel quite Christmassy, so...
0: It's true. I'm kind of... It's... It's almost like when I think of Christmas knitwear, I just think of everything Scandinavian.
1: We definitely have to give a shout out to the Fornicating Deer Chart by Anne Rutton. Um, oh my God, her surname is Rutten. I know, had... I just read <laughs> <laughs> Was that? she inspired by her own surname, do you think? That's pretty impressive. But yes, uh, it's a free chart and it would be, as the name suggests, a very funny uh, feral pattern. I think it'd be quite good in sort of a whole innocent uh, jumper, just to put that. Just add a, add a few fornicating deer.
0: Yeah. Mm, could be a nice motif on a sock.
1: Yep. People have used it on mittens. Yeah, socks. Um, there's a little note on her Ravelry page where it says to the unsuspecting spectator, it might look like there are two males in this chart. I made it having two reindeers in mind, so who knows what gender our fornicating friends are. <laughs> That's a nice little message for just general acceptance of all deer and people. Yes.
0: And what is more festive than acceptance?
1: (laughs) What is is more festive than frolicking? (laughs) Alright, I think we need to reindeer this this in now. And move swiftly on. We are
0: now going to move on to color of the cast which as we mentioned is that most festive of colors gold
1: <laughs> <laughs> the suspense is <was> killing me <laughs> so gold always believe in your soul that is
0: such a good message
1: isn't it yeah. do you feel indestructible always good well let's move on so some factoids with gold but gold as the color and gold as the element a you mm-hmm Uh, Also, that's an element joke.
0: Oh, it is. Well done. Hey, you know your chemistry things. Mm -hmm. Well done. So, um, all right, we have at number one of, uh, well, not really number one. The first gold fact is uh, broadly um, sort of, yeah, thread themed.
1: So gold is so pliable that it can be made into sewing thread. So an ounce of gold can be stretched over 50 miles that is far. So it's really ductile, so you can just keep stretching and stretching. Amazing. Uh, so a lot of ornate um, tapestries and sewing mm-hmm. in the past have is actually gold thread. Which is, I always just assumed that it was pretend gold, but it's not.
0: Well done, people, for stretching <laughs> gold out and making it into thread. That's impressive. So the next fact I have is that um, in around 1200 BC... The Egyptians used unshorn sheepskin to mine for gold dust from the sands of the Black Sea.
2: Wow. This
0: practice is most likely the inspiration for the golden fleece. Mm. I wonder how that
1: works. So it's going to catch all the little bits in the mm. sea as they scoop it through like a sieve, but like, it's gonna let all the wow. water through and catch all those tiny little bits of That's dust. There's nothing
0: sheepskin can't do. True. <laughs> like a donut. Um, and I would like to do the next fact because it involves my name okay. and I'm proud of it. So... Um, in five hundred and sixty b c this is you know uh the sands of time, mm-hmm. the gold dust sands of time They're we're moving back to gold <laughs> so in five hundred sixty b c the Lydians, wow, yeah, introduced the first gold coin. How's that for a name fact? My name's so cool, okay, which was actually a naturally occurring amalgam of gold and silver called electrum, which is another really cool word um Herodotus criticises the materialism of the Lydians, who also were the first to open permanent retail shops. (laughs) When the Lydians were captured by the Persians in 546 BC, the use of gold coins began to spread. I feel like that's um, quite a nice legacy for my people. (laughs) Coins, materialism. I continue that to this day. Um, And then they opened a magazine. And then they decided to start a magazine. That lucrative thing. Um... We've already talked about AU, but here's another fun fact.
1: So during the 14th century, drinking molten gold and crushed emeralds was used as a treatment for the bubonic plague. Mm, delightful. Well, that makes sense. Um,
0: yeah. Well, you know, that's how they managed to get rid of the bubonic plague, wasn't it? That's why it's not around anymore.
1: Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, and let's see. We've also got... Um, well, this is another fun fact that
1: all fun. may that's true
0: they are all fun may uh feel slightly familiar to any of you who've seen game of thrones which seems like it's over the top but based on this fact actually quite restrained in its depiction of peoples and what they are willing to do to each other okay in 1599 a spanish governor in ecuador taxed the givaro tribe so excessively that they executed him by pouring molten gold down his throat mm. not wow. a fun way to go but no, no plague it would definitely have got rid Yeah, if got, you had any yeah.
1: plague, flush that right out.
0: That's probably why they did it like that.
1: True.
0: You know, like, you're bringing disease over here, we need to get rid of you and your plague. And on that um, positive and festive note, we have our final fact of today.
1: So, you've all heard about gold being measured in carrots. Mm-hmm. So this term... As
0: in those orange
1: things we eat? Hey, no. Oh. Actually comes from the term carrot with um, one R and... An A instead of an O. Mm. It comes from carob, which was a seed, um, which was used for standard for weighing small quantities in the Middle East. Oh. So this was a... Um, carrots were a fruit from a carob tree. Every single pod uh, weighs one-fifth of a gram. That's and amazing. pure gold, is, um, which would be the weight of 24 carats, is so soft it can be moulded by hand. Wowee. It would be like Play-Doh. We didn't mention about the edible gold. <laughs> which is a thing. Yeah. So if you have gold slager over the festive period, which men have like little gold flakes mm-hmm. in it, it's edible. Yeah,
0: so. it's actual gold, and mm-hmm. you can eat it, and it's fine.
1: I heard well, there was an urban myth with this, so apparently it was meant to be because it can cut your throat as it goes down, and that lets the alcohol into your bloodstream quicker. Okay. But I, I mean, I heard this, but it's not true because gold is so malleable; it's not even going to do anything. It's just so. Kind of soft. It's
0: very very soft, isn't it? Yeah. So don't
1: worry about that, guys, and drink yeah. responsibly.
0: Always. Mm. Hmm. Okay, (laughs) so after that um, tip-top factoid fest, we have our tip-top three.
1: Yes, Um, so in a Christmassy style, Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about Christmas crackers.
0: Whoa, are are they fun biscuits you eat at Christmas?
1: Hey, no, they're the cardboard tubes of excitement (laughs) that you get on your dinner table, and sometimes people put them on the tree. Mm, Um, They do, it's true. Do you know where they actually... A Christmas cracker was invented, how it was invented. No. So uh, there was a Victorian gentleman who was sat on the fire and a little spark. And that's the spark. Yeah. And it came out the fire and a little crack. And he's like, well, that's fun. And he harnessed, he had to set him on an idea of uh, creating, recreating this. So he harnessed oh. it in the little paper uh, cracking thing that mm. you get in the middle of the tube. So that's what the uh, catalyst for the invention was. Well, I never. To have little treats inside.
0: Because it is really disappointing when it doesn't make the crack noise. Sure, yeah. that's the worst christmas ever (laughs) okay so in the vein of crackers we have our top three christmas cracker gifts so that's the fun things you get inside the cracker not the hat because that always comes although that is
1: awesome i was was quite tempted to say that was my favorite things because you get the hat and it never really quite fits and that's quite enjoyable It always anyway. looks
0: funny on everyone. And then you
1: make the grumpy people wear the hat, and then oh. like, I don't want to wear the hat, and then they My just...
0: head's so small that they always fall down and become a sort <laughs> of paper necklace.
1: My head's so big that they just... <laughs> they perch on top! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think paper hats are great.
0: Me too. And you get a joke if you're lucky as well, but those mm-hmm. don't count because they're not, um... Well, because they come with all crackers.
1: Yeah.
0: Alright, so, so if you tell me what your top three cracker surprise gifts are.
1: So, um... Well, it's more of a memory, my first third one. My first third? Hmm. Um, I used to work in a very strange pub, slash bar, slash hotel, slash hellhole, which was one of my first jobs. (laughs) And they used to do big, like, company events in one of the big suites. And they were a horrible place. They were always cutting corners, not only with their staff's wages, but with the general ambiance and Mm. uh, uh, food and Christmas crackers. Mm -hmm. And... uh, the tables would be littered at the end with all the gifts that nobody wanted because they were all really weird. And one of them was uh, a little Y-shaped piece of plastic mm-hmm. which was sort of curved up at the ends. And it, for some reason, it had a little flower like etched into the, the you know the stick of the Y. And they came in all these different colours. And it was always the b- most bizarre thing for people to win. And I remember I was serving drinks and someone sort of said to their friend like. What is this? They held it up. And they were like, Oh, I can tell you. It's a green one of these and had one (laughs) of the matching ones. And we think, I think what the general consensus was, it was some sort of catapult thing that you put a mini Um, elastic band on.
0: But they didn't give you the elastic band? No.
1: No. um, So that's kind of like a memory of a bad place, but it's kind of funny because I ended up having a lot of them and just had them around in drawers for various (laughs) things. Still like no real use, but that's, that was a... Number three. Yeah, that was a fun time. It was a way of making a non-fun thing fun. Exactly, mm-hmm. and also knowing where the security cameras were in the restaurants, so I could eat all the mini packets of cornflakes. Oh, yum! Yeah, just <laughs> you to have a perk of the job. Yeah, there's always one. Yeah, <laughs> and number two. Number two, um, I'd have to say when you get a tiny plastic jewelry because I think that's really I fun. like yes kind of really kitsch, and then. I've had, like, tiny little plastic rings, which are really cute, and then you can use them as stitch markers, <gasps> which is oh. perfect. When you're doing your Christmas knitting, you're like, oh, God, what getting... Oh, wait, here's a tiny plastic ring.
0: Whee!
1: Um, and they're usually just kind of really kiddie, like, really cute ones, so that, that's kind of fun.
0: Hey, wait, somebody should do a range of knitting Christmas crackers. Hey, that's a We'll get crap. back to you on that. All
1: right, all right. <laughs> Patent pending. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have to say, number one, I think this is a really telling of the really Id- idiosyncratic nature of Crackers. Um, it's quite an English thing, I, I don't know if this is like a general worldwide mm. thing that people get this, but mini screwdriver sets. Mm. Have you ever won one of those? Yes. I th- Best day ever. I think they're great. And then there's always a point in my life, maybe it's just me because I'm very practical about things and I like mm. fixing things, but I was like, oh, I need some mini screwdrivers. And I'm like, I'll find my mini screwdriver set from Christmas circa 19-whatever. <laughs> uh, and then i have, like unscrew it with a tiny set and you should get it in a really cool like, key ring thing um So yeah, mini screwdrivers,
0: and they're just so much more useful than anything else that comes in a cracker. Yeah. So sometimes you get like nail clippers, but they never
1: work. True. That's also a very classic thing. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. Of all the things that would be really fun to win on Christmas Day, nail clippers. Yeah. And I don't think there's any. Well, it depends what kind of person you are. But there's many, very few times you get that excited about a mini screwdriver set. Like, hey, it's your birthday, tiny screwdrivers. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, it's true.
1: You've got to fix all the tiny things in your life.
0: <laughs> Sunglasses, they have tiny screws.
1: Exactly, that's what I'm talking about. And battery packs on fairy lights, yep. which of course featuring heavily in my life at the minute mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that would be a highlight for me. Very good, very
0: sensible, I like it. What about you? So at number three, I have tiny dice. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: you can always win them, don't
0: you? Because <laughs> tiny dice, um, sometimes they come in a sort of little... Um, sort of bag like you get oranges in Uh like a sort of net bag Yes, (laughs) and um, that feels festive but no I find that um, there's something fun about tiny dice there's nothing you can do with them really you can keep them and then maybe if you've lost dice for a board game say you're playing Yahtzee yeah yeah exactly so there's you know they're just like around Something nice about dice. It's some
1: sort of thing that, like, the manufacturers are like, well, it's Christmas Day, this has been a long time indoors. Maybe they're going to start gambling. Let's give us some dice, you know? Yeah,
0: and I don't know why, but I just really f- I find it so satisfying that the opposite sides of the dice add up to six.
1: Well, yes. That, what. That's or seven, so add go. up to
0: seven. Um, oh, God. Anyway, you're going to be
1: entertained for the whole Christmas Day with just that. Just
0: checking the dice. Do they add up to seven? Oh, my God, they do. So fun. Um, and number two, I don't know why I didn't put this at number one. I'm going to keep it at number two because it's kind of silly. I love those little plastic fish that's supposed to tell your
2: fortune. Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: my God, they're so great. The ones that are, like, just really thin papery, plasticky. Yeah. And the way they curl, (laughs) that's going to determine your future. Yes!
0: And it's got, like, a sort of little, um, you know, code, you know, so if it curls up completely, then, you know, you will be wealthy, and if it lays completely flat then you'll be unlucky in love or whatever
1: well i have a problem with them because sometimes when they've been in the cylindrical shape of the cracker they're sort of biased towards curling up anyway because they've kind of oh been no, sat Sophie, in there
0: it's all to do with the heat maybe you just have cold hands <laughs> so your hands don't affect the fish in the way that they should
1: no it's definitely the curvature of a no, cracker no, 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 no. <laughs> but no they're good fun yeah definitely
0: they're super fun i actually love to keep i have quite a few of them now <laughs>
1: Um, you don't talk to I'm people a anymore. person. You just don't talk to any people anymore. Let me... My fish will tell me all anything. <laughs> <Yeah, exactly. laughs> Give me your hand.
0: I'm going to start getting a booth at fairs yes. to tell people's fortunes.
1: Definitely.
0: And at number one, I actually was going to have tiny screwdrivers. Yes. <laughs> because, there we go. But I don't want to have the same thing as you. Sure. Okay. So I'm going to change it to tiny pack of cards. Yes. Because <laughs> tiny oh. pack of cards... Oh my, I mean, they're impossible to use. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like... You can't play up with them. Too small. They go everywhere. They don't pile up properly. Dealing them out with tweezers. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. One for you. But I sort of like to imagine that all the tiny things at night, you know, the tiny elves use them. There we go. It's actually for Christmas elves. <laughs> it's, exactly. So the crackers. Ah, it's all a ruse. I see. So the elves, they're bored of giving presents to other people all the time, making the presents for Santa to give to people. They thought, you know what? We want presents for us. And yeah. they knew that the humans... <laughs> We we'll just discard these tiny products, except for the screwdrivers. Mm-hmm, of course. Um, and they just collect them.
1: Yep. Cool. Well, I'm actually looking forward to Christmas crackers this year and see what we get. Yeah. And then we can compare.
0: Mhm. I hope I get the screwdriver. Fingers crossed! <laughs> I know. <don't.
1: laughs> so excited.
0: Um, well, that was a cracker of a top three. Hey. <laughs> so that pretty much wraps up this festive edition of the podcast. Got a little bow on top as well. Little
1: gift tag. Oh, it's lovely. Waiting and ready for you guys on Christmas Day.
0: Oh, and we hope you've enjoyed everything today. And thanks again to Megan, who we spoke to earlier. Our surprise guest. She was awesome as always. And Backer Yarns, our lovely sponsor. Yes, thank you to them as well. And thanks to all you guys for listening. You can always email us, um, podcast at pompommag.com. And keep in touch on our pom group on Ravelry. Yes, please do. And now, for your um, enjoyment at this festive season, to bring some cheer to your hearts, we are going to play you out with the Twelve Days of Nitmus. Nitmus. Enjoy
1: and Merry Christmas, everyone.
2: <laughs> On the first day of Nitmus, my true love sent to me a fluffy and a bunny. On the second day of knit, must my true love send to me. Two needles clicking and a fluffy Angora Bonnie. On the third day of knit, must my true love send to me. Three skeins of stock on two needles clicking and a fluffy angor upon me. On the fourth day of knit, must my true love send to me. Four projects Talking project three soft skeins soft of sock yarn, two needles clicking and a fluffy angora bunny. On the fifth day of knit, must my true love say to me five ribbons? Four projects Talking three skeins of sock yarn, two needles clicking and a fluffy angora bunny. On the sixth day of knit, must my true love say to me? games are winding, five D.P.N.S. Four projects blocking, three skins of stocky on two needles, clicking and a fluffy Agora Barney. On the seventh day of knit, bless my true love, take to me. Seven spinners spinning six skins are winding, five D.P.N.S. Four projects, blocking three skeins of sock Two needles, knitting, and a fluffy, and On the eighth day of next was my true love said to me? Eight sheep are grazing, seven spinners spinning, six skeins are winding, five p Four projects, blocking three skeins of sock yarn. Two needles, knitting, and a fluffy, and on the ninth day of ninth must my true love gave to me. Nine whips are waiting, eight sheeps are grazing, salmon spinners spinning, six gate are winding, five peeping Four projects mounting breeze, games of stock down two needles nicking, and a fluffy and money On the tenth day of ninth must my true love gave to me. A packer's nine whips are waiting, Eight sheep are grazing seven spin oh, spinning six skeins are winding fine, deviant! Four brothers smoking, three skeins of sock yarn, two needles making, and a fluffy and nor a On the eleventh day of knit, my true love gave to me, eleven pom pom makers, ten a packer's sleeping, nine whips are waiting. The grazing sands, fitters spinning, six canes are winding, five D.P.N.s Four, four, four projects blocking, three canes of sock yarn. two needles lifting, and a coffee and for a bunny On the twelfth day of knit, must my true love get to me 12, cashmere goats, 11, pom pom makers, 10, are packers weeping, 9, whips are waiting, 8, sheep are grazing, 7, spinners spinning, 6, skins of winding, 5, pee 4 projects blocking, 3 skins of socky on, 2 needles clicking, and a fluffy and a bunny. Merry Christmas, everyone! Merry Christmas! And thanks, Eli! Jesus, that was really hard. <laughs>